I had a very odd experience this past week, but very, very hopeful experience. Father James and uh, Andy and Joe and myself, um, and you're not going to believe this, but we went to an evangelical worship leaders conference, all right? So what are you doing that for? Well, as you know, our music is a little more contemporary than most Catholic churches would have, and so we went to see a little bit more about what the evangelicals are doing. And lo and behold, we were surprised from one talk to the next about what is happening amongst them. There's this murmuring that's going on amongst evangelicals that there's something missing from their life, there's something missing from their services, and they're starting to figure that out. And, and we heard it over and over again. We kept looking at one another like, what is going on here? The Holy Spirit is working. That's what's going on. And uh, we, we had a talk one morning, a woman who's considered one of the you know, top uh, uh, evangelical theologians, and she comes out, she's late in life and uh, having physical difficulties. She was very funny about all of that. And, and she's talking about how you know, she enjoys having communion every week. And this is not something that most Protestant bodies do. In fact, she wants to have communion every day. And then she talks about how good it feels when someone traces the sign of the cross on her forehead. Protestants don't do that. There's something happening there that's very, again, hope-filled. And on the last day, of course, we were every evening there were concerts with uh, the artists, some of whom we are playing here in the church and singing with. And on the last day, we went to a talk in the morning, and um, one of them was a, a fellow who has a PhD, and he is talking about liturgy, right? That's our word. It's a Catholic word. And the room was filled. It was jam-packed. And he introduces himself, and uh, he talks about how he was born and raised a, a Pentecostal and then moved into a, a little more mainline church. And, and now every Sunday he goes to Mass as a Catholic. And you could, you could sense the, ooh, what's this about, in the room, you know. He works in a Methodist church because... He does contemporary music, and in the place where he is, the Catholic Church doesn't. And, of course, he probably gets paid really well for what he does as well, which the Catholic Church doesn't typically do. Um, and, you know, he puts up on, on the screen the, the church calendar, which is ours. He talks about the importance of uh, the ministers wearing the colors of the season. And it's like, this is, what's going on here? This is not, this is not Protestant uh, talk. And then for the second half of the, the, uh, the presentation, a young man who is the, the founder and the lead for a group called Brilliance, perhaps some of you have heard their music, it's very beautiful, but it's also very Catholic. He's actually set the Hail Mary to uh, music. And uh, he gets up and talks, and it's like, again, we're looking at one another like, this is Catholic. And uh, so afterwards, we went up and talked to them. Of course, Father James and I were... I think there were only three priests in the place spying on what the Protestants are doing. And the, uh, they both kind of, you know, reacted like, oh, my gosh, there's a priest here listening to what's going on. But, you know, I, I thanked them both. And um, the young man from Brilliance, I said to him, I said, are you journeying towards the Catholic Church? 
And he gets this big smile on his face and says, yes, you know, he's, he is searching and seeking to become Catholic. So, again, the Holy Spirit is greatly at work in uh, the church outside of ours, but I, I find it a little, you know, odd that so many people leave our church for that kind of experience, and yet the people who lead that worship are, are looking for something deeper and more meaningful, and, and they're finding it as they study uh, the early church fathers and, and our Catholic faith, they're slowly but surely, it seems, coming back. And uh, that's a very wonderful thing and something that we should would all keep in our prayer as time goes on. So I probably ought to just finish right there and leave it at that. Um, but I do have a few words to say about the, our gospel this morning. And it, it has to do with self-righteousness. Um, you know, I probably been accused of that. No one ever has done it to my face, but I've heard people say it about me. Um, and, you know, what is it that people mean when they're talking about self-righteousness? And when we're self-righteous, we believe that we know what is right and good, and that we are in a position to judge others for all of the bad things that they have done. And maybe we do live, we live good lives. Perhaps we try hard to live lives that resemble the life that Jesus lived. But the gospel today makes it very clear that it's not our place to stand in judgment of others, to decide how others should live. It's our place to give the example. It's our place to know what Christ calls us to and, and to be that, that presence in the world. You know, in our self-righteousness, we, we judge too quickly. We're human. That's, you know, unfortunately part of us, and it makes us feel superior to catch someone in the act of, of turning away from God. So the gospel today is about righteous, being righteous. And Matthew gives us insight into what the difference between uh, self-righteous and righteous is. You know, when you take the self out, you're left with something that's completely different. Self-righteous people see non-judgment as a weakness that they believe they should, you know, not be too lenient on others. And so we hear about the slaves in the household in the parable today. You know, they ask if they should pull and destroy the weeds for, you know, they want to punish that which is inadequate. And the householder tells them that, that you know, he's going to wait. Let it play itself out. Like, you know, he's like God who is patient and righteous. And our first reading today describes the, the righteousness of God. From the Book of Wisdom we hear, though you are master of might, you judge with clemency. And with much lenience you govern us. You talk to your people by these deeds that those who are just must be kind. And it's our challenge today to adopt this God righteousness and to, to drop the self-righteousness that, that is very, very tempting. We're called to be kind. We're called not to judge others. We're called to be forgiving and and not concerned with punishing others. And let's um, 
perhaps work on this over the coming week to take the, the self out of righteousness and concentrate on, on being like our Lord, who, while mighty, is also kind and merciful.